Get ready to tune into stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Scott, and today on the podcast, I have my friend Brad Stone. More about him in a few moments. And uh, before I do that, I just a few things I want to mention. You, if you've been listening to podcasts, you've heard this. I want you to go and sign up for our email list because we have an epic uh, trip or or get together uh, coming up in September. So September twenty twenty two. We're going to do some really cool things, some hard things. We're going to get instruction and talks from um, people, top people in the world in their area. And so I want you to make sure you go to brotherhoodfatherhood.com slash events and just put your email in. We will email you as soon as we know. I think this thing's going to sell out really fast. We're only taking 30 to 45 men. So uh, brotherhoodfatherhood.com slash events. And then I also want to give a quick shout out to my buddy, uh, Gerald at Loam Coffee. Uh, they are an awesome coffee company. He sends me coffee every month, and it's really good, and it's uh, very freshly brewed. And basically, for every bag of coffee that's bought, they have some um, give back to the mountain bike community, just get kids into it and, and lower-income folks to be able to go outside and enjoy amazing activities, one of my very, very favorite activities that I do out in the woods outside of shooting guns, which Brad and I were talking to <laughs> talking about just a minute. How, how are you doing, Brad? Welcome to the show, I'm man. Doing, thank you. It's great to be here. So uh, I didn't do a bio on you, but you, you are hailing from um, a life as an ex-baseball player, pro, ex-pro baseball player, gym owner, and father. Sound about right? That, I mean, in uh, the elevator speech right there, that, uh, that hits it all <laughs> in the head. Yeah, we've known each other for maybe two and a half, three years. It's been it's been a bit. Um, uh, at least I, we're probably, we're getting closer to four at this point. We're getting wow, old, Scott. That's awesome. Oh, you don't have to remind me. <laughs> you don't have to remind me at all. So, for all of you just joining, uh, Brad and I were he was we were kind of doing show and tell of our of our firearms. So we're having a great time <laughs> prior to this. We have a lot in common, and we probably could talk about that for the whole time that we are, we're on here. But really, I want to dive right into some of the some of the topics that Brad and I discussed beforehand, because I think it's very relevant to uh, a lot of the um, the men in the group. And that's, you know, kind of working yourself through a divorce. And I mean, when I met you, uh, Brad, now now you're saying four years ago, you were married, married, I believe you have two kids, two kids, boy and a girl, seven and four. Yeah. So things, things happen. Great fast kids. Now. Yeah. Yes. And now you're married to someone else. And, um, that's kind of the story that we want to, we want to talk about because, um, kind of watching you from a distance go through that. And I think you'd even kind of reached out to me. We talked, uh, kind of on a different professional level, but it was, it was still there. You went through some really hard times, brother. I, and it was, uh, there were some definite dark days. Um, Life got really, really challenging mid 2018. Um, there was hindsight, like there's writing on the wall that like things are not on the trajectory that they need to be on. And to be blunt, a lot of that blame falls on on my lap. I am a, a big Jocko Willink fan, and uh, Extreme Ownership is one of my all time favorite reads. If you haven't 
Um, shout out Jocko. Um, maybe I'll do his, maybe he'll hear and I'll get a chance to do his show. Um, he's, and he's very, very good. Um, and for those of you that don't know him, like he's very much like the buck stops with me and, um, extreme ownership is the name of one of his books. And that is exactly what it is. Take ownership over everything that's going on. What could I have done to what was within my power to either change or create different outcomes. And, um, sitting where I am now, um, there were definitely things that I could have done differently to potentially salvage that relationship or at least mitigate, uh, fallout later down the road. Um, things really, they came to what would be, uh, like the final straw, um, in November of 2018. Um, she made some choices I don't approve of and I won't badmouth her um, at all. She is still a very good mother. And we actually, we get along now better than we ever did when we were married. Um, but we were incompatible. Um, and there were some, some things that were irreconcilable differences, I believe is the legal term. So, um, we parted ways. Um, I actually lost my kids for a while. Um, and I don't know how much we talked about that, but it was a, uh, it, there was, some really, really hard days there in the beginning. So the tail end of 2018 and our divorce kind of dragged on for a little while. I think in some of the different you know, divorce fathers groups and men's groups that I'm in, like I kind of got off easy with about a year, just shy of 18 months start to finish. Um, but, um, you know, especially with um, like looming, COVID and stuff like that. Like yeah. things were just not moving smoothly in the world. So, um, I kind of got off easy in that regard where it didn't take, you know, two, three years and, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees and stuff like that. But, um, it was truly the hardest thing I've ever had to go through. Yeah. When you first started this process to 2018, when there was some things started to, you started to notice some things and things were going downhill. Um, did you have the same mindset, like this extreme ownership? Were you, were you paying attention to Jocko at that moment? And, and if so, how did that change as you were going through this? He was not someone I discovered until I really was on the tail end of everything. Um, I, you know, mental health, especially for us men, like, it does not get the respect that it deserves. Um, it's more of a, a punchline, honestly, in society um, than it should be. Um, so there was a lot of therapy going through and trying to figure out, all right, what the hell is going on? Who am I? And, um, you know, mental health is the, the mind is an incredible thing, um, and, you know, to get fairly personal. Um, I will not fairly personal. This is really personal. Um, I was, uh, my father was abusive when I was growing up. And that was something that like, I won't go as far as to say it, like the repressed memories, like craziness with like the satanic scare in the eighties and crazy. Like I was under hypnosis and I remember this, it wasn't anything like that. It was something that I knew was always there, but I kind of talk about it. Like I had this box of all the shit that went on between my father and I, and I allowed life to help me pile stuff on top of it to keep that box closed, but it never stopped making noise. Um, 
and looking back now, like that I've worked through all of that mess, um, I realized how much of stuff that I've done in my past that, you know, I can't change. And I'm honestly sitting where I am with two kids and a beautiful wife, um, in a gym that's doing well, I don't really know that I would, um, but that the lure of like being in the big leagues and making a boatload of money is, uh, it definitely weighs on you, but, um, you know, it definitely contributed to kind of the end of my career. I drank more than I should have. Um, I just, I didn't take care of my body the way that I probably should have. And I can see how some of that was me self-medicating to try and numb a lot of that. Um, but sidebar, we'll save that talk for the, uh, the next, next time we chat on this. But to get back to like our point with, you know, the divorce and stuff, I did, I did a lot of therapy, um, for a while there, I was going twice a week, um, just to try, all right, what, you know, the emergence of like, all right, I have to actually confront all the stuff that happened between my father and I, and I have to process and I have to deal because the cycle of abuse has to end somewhere and I'm not going to allow my kids to carry my water. Like it just wasn't going to happen. But Jocko was somebody that I discovered in that time frame. I was doing a lot of different reading. I'm a big fan of audiobooks and stuff. When I'm sitting at the desk working, I like to have stuff in the background. Um, and I like to listen to podcasts and stuff at night. So Jocko's stuff is one that I happened upon. And I was like, this is a mentality that I can really embrace. Um, I definitely have leaned into the, you know, baseball being the sport that it is. There was always, you can only control what you can control. I can throw the right pitch at the right time, you know, to, in the right location to the right hitter, and he can still hit it out of the park. Like, right. Once the ball leaves my hand, that's all out of my control. But did I do everything in front of that uh, release to maximize my opportunity for success? And that's something as you know, a father and as a gym owner that I've really, really leaned into. Um, but Jocko's stuff is yeah, it's fantastic. Hey guys, this is Scott. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, but I did want to interrupt for just a second because I am super passionate about a new tool that I've found and been using for the last month or so. And if you're like me, the thought of writing copy puts me into cold sweats. But we all know that writing blogs, social media posts, web copy, ads, and more are part of life and can make a considerable impact on moving the needle to success in your business or job. We all know how difficult it can be to wrangle ideas, action words, and details, not to mention time constraints. Fear not. I have found a solution that allow, will allow you to easily crank out stunning copy in minutes. It's Jarvis, guys. It's probably hit your social media feed and you think it's too good to be true, but it is not. Jarvis is the latest artificial intelligence technology that will help you create content at lightning speed with little effort on your part or hefty fees for writers. You fill in two easy steps and it'll lay out descriptive paragraphs, both short and long form articles, bullet lists, social media posts, blog posts, ad copy, SEO copy, Google ad copy. It gets super detailed. There are tons of templates to choose from. It's totally up to you. It's two steps and it blows me away every time I use it. In fact, it just keeps getting better and better. So if you're like me, the thought and thought it was too good to be true, trust me, this product kicks ass. I literally use it every single day for per personal and professional use. Just go try it for free and use my link 
uh, and it's in the show notes. I'm not going to read it to you because it's crazy, but go to the show notes, click on the link, sign up for your free trial. You will never look back. And this is a great way to support this podcast. Super simple for you, for your business, send it to your boss, send it to your friends. It will revolutionize workflow. The link is in the podcast notes. And if you want to support the Brotherhood of Fatherhood, this is a great way. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious, you know, at the beginning of this journey, were you playing? Did you ever find yourself playing the victim? Like this is happening to me. Oh, this is all, you know, my wife's fault. I, I'm just curious of kind of that emotional and, and um, the way that you kind of explain some things in your own head. Did you go there or were you always kind of like, uh, you know, I have a play, I have a part in this. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, humans are pretty interesting creatures. We are uh, really the only animal capable of self pity. You don't ever see a wolf in the wild. That's like, Oh, woe is me. What am I going to do? But, um, part of having the brain that we do, um, some of that stuff creeps in and I'm, I'm no different. I'm not superhuman. I'm not anything special. I absolutely wrestled with some of those thoughts and how could she do this to me? Like this, you know, woe is me. And that thought has 100% crossed through my mind, but being in uh, therapy with someone who was very, very good, um, I had a, a female therapist and um, her name was Julie. She's fantastic. Um, when those things would emerge, she'd be like, you have to remember, like, this is not just something that happened to you. Like, it's like, you're in it. Like, you have to, right. Could you have done something different? Maybe, maybe not. But um, you can't get caught in that victimhood mentality. Yeah, that's really good. I, it sounds like she's an exceptional therapist. You know, you, you kind of, was it a scary process thinking I need to go get a therapist? I think men need to hear a little bit about that to be a little more at comfort. If we can kind of unwrap what that looked like for you, that would be awesome. Yeah, it was, uh, I'm terrifying. Um, and initially I met her as, um, her, she's a, a relationship counselor. And so we did some marriage counseling. Um, and when everything absolutely came to a head, um, she was someone that she knew all the background. Um, she, uh, I didn't have to start from scratch. So I had an advantage there without a doubt. Um, but it would have been just as easy for me to, you know, tuck my tail and run and retreat. So, um, the vulnerability and the ability to have some introspection is not easy. It really, really is not. And it's, it's uncomfortable. It's extremely uncomfortable. But I think my athletic background of, you know, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Um, and the fact that I was a, a business owner, like you have to take a lot of risks. Like I'm not a risk averse person to begin with. So that definitely played into my hand a little bit and allowed me to make that choice easier than probably some guys will. But it does, it's an act of, in my opinion, knowing when you need help is more of an act of bravery than trying to just soldier on alone you know, face first into a hurricane. Like that's just foolhardy. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, a really good quote. I don't know if it's yours or someone else's. It's really good. Um, so I'm kind of thinking of the men who 
are looking at their their situation right now and and divorce is either either inevitable or they they kind of see it coming and you know maybe there's some time for to rec- reconcile and figure things out and maybe maybe there isn't what would some of you know what would be some advice that you would give those men and it can be as many points as you want um if you really really want something it's worth fighting for um even if you're the only one fighting um my situation in particular there's two extra lives that are intermixed into all the decisions that are made so if it was just her and i and there were no kids and it was like all right let's divide up assets and just go our separate ways and never see each other again that's one thing like Mm -hmm. um sometimes people are just not right for each other um we we had two kids and for particularly for men in that situation like if you think it's worth fighting for fight tooth and nail um one lesson that i learned uh, which is part of some of the things that I made mistakes on is uh, that you have to show your wife that she's a priority. Um, she was relatively low on my list. Um, the kids were the number one, which cycling back or circling back a little bit to some of my previous points, um, you know, having had an abusive father and, you know, a, a unique upbringing. Um, you know, my mom, she's gay. She's been with her partner for 32 years now, 33, something like that. So I'd, I would say it's an particularly coming through the eighties and nineties. Like that was an unconventional upbringing. Yeah. Um, I was hell bent on making sure that my children never had to deal with any of the kind of stuff that I had to, which put my now ex-wife on the back burner. We also, um, you know, I opened a gym, um, and I had already not made my goal of making the major leagues playing baseball, which is a lofty, lofty goal to begin with. But I was in my mind, I had already failed at one career. I was like, all right, now I'm choosing this. I won't fail again. So that puts her behind that. So I did my part to make sure that consciously or subconsciously she knew she wasn't a priority um that's a shift again hindsight i could have easily made um and it is a lesson you know i like the i like the phrase and the last quote was mine this one is not mine i'm not sure who said it but uh lessons learned in blood are not soon forgotten um those mistakes that i made in my previous relationship i am not repeating in my current one so make sure your wife knows that she's a priority. If you if you want her, show her. Don't just tell her, show her. Um, that would be probably my, my biggest piece of advice. And know that if you take these steps, it may still not work out. Like she may be gone. She may not want to receive anything that you're giving or trying to give. But you can always look back. And you know when you wash your face or brush your teeth before you go to bed, you have to you look that guy in the mirror, you can honestly say to yourself, I did everything I could. Yeah. And that's in, that's priceless. You really, you can't, you can't say anything more. And it is truly priceless to be able to say, all right, I tried everything that I could and I gave it my 100% God's best. And if it doesn't work, then now you move to the next stage and you deal. This episode is brought to you by the men of Alpha Hippie. 
Alpha Hippie is the premier men's coaching company, helping the men of Brotherhood of Fatherhood step up and be the change they want for themselves and their families. Alpha Hippie is for any man who feels like he's struggling to take action in his life or like he's burned a few too many bridges on his rise to the top. If you're the type of guy who spends all his time reading self-help books, trying to meditate, or consuming endless self-improvement YouTube videos, but nothing is quite landing like you think it should, then Alpha Hippie is for you. If you feel stressed, depressed, stuck, lost, or like you're not living up to your full potential, then Alpha Hippie is the answer for you. In the Alpha Hippie program, you will destroy your limiting beliefs, regain control of your life, and start to live with inspiration and motivation. Alpha Hippie is not one of those sign up and forget about it programs. We all know about those. It's not just watching a bunch of videos from a 20-year-old life coach. It's a program built by men for men who are ready to make a change and delivered by men who've gone through this themselves. That is very important. We have lived in the trenches and understand what it takes to rise up and craft a life worth living. If you're ready to stop making excuses and invest for yourself, then head over to brotherhoodfatherhood.com slash alpha. Again, that's www.brotherhoodfatherhood.com slash alpha. Yeah, I mean, several things that you said really resonated, you know, fighting, fighting for it, even if the part your partner is not reciprocating because, hey, we may have done a lot of damage prior and have have a lot to overcome. Uh, the kid thing is 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 where it gets really complicated and messy and sticky. And I want to kind of go into that, but um, I love the, the message of this is what I didn't do right or where I may have fallen short in the first marriage. And I'm not going to let that happen again. And it's real interesting. You're in this situation because I've, I've talked with men before and I've said like, look, no matter, no matter what your wife actually needs to come before your kids. And the argument that I get is, but she's not my kid's wife. So now my kids are more important because they came before her. I'd like you to address that a little bit from your perspective, because I, I don't have that perspective. I'm on my first marriage and we we're, we're very happy. And, and so I want to kind of want to hear about your perspective to that kind of recant from, from that message that I, or that saying that I said is like, your no matter what your wife needs to come in front of your kids. Uh, it was honestly a hard pill to swallow. Um, it was not an easy transition. I not really nothing I've done over the past few years has been easy. And, you know, especially with COVID, like I won't pretend I'm the only one that's had stuff that wasn't easy. Um, but making that mental shift, um, was not a light switch. I didn't make that choice. You know, you flip the switch, the light goes on, it stays on. It, it wasn't anything like that. It was, um, more in line with like the, uh, the Kaizen principle. Um, yeah. are you familiar with that? Yeah. Um, let Go me share right. it though. Yeah. For, so for those of you that are not, it's actually Japanese business philosophy. It's, um, a culmination of incremental changes result in large dramatic change. Uh, the example is like if you get 1% better a day over the course of a year, you're 365% better. If you tell somebody you got to get 300% better, it's, it's huge. It's an insurmountable, unfeasible, unmanageable goal. But if you say, hey, today get 1% better at something and then tomorrow get 1% better at something, that you can do. And the decision-making and lifestyle that I now live 
is more akin to that where it was, all right, a choice presents itself. Previous mindset, Brad would take this road. I know that I need to take this road. And just like a, you know, a snowball or an avalanche, you make more of those decisions day by day, they get easier and they become more automatic. Mm-hmm. So it is the point where it's like, you know, and one of my favorite things on the planet absolutely is putting my son to bed. He's four. He's right at that age where he's still got that little bit of baby voice. And so I'll snuggle him. And he's like, his last thing he says before bed almost every night is daddy, best friends. And I'll just say best friends. And he just kind of tucks in and that's, that's pretty much it. I know he's on his way out. So there are days when that happens and then he's like, I'm getting a wild hair up my ass. And I decided I'm not going to tuck my head. I want to bounce and jump on my bed. I'm like, Hey son, it's almost eight o'clock. Like it's time for uh, daddy Courtney time. Like, so you gotta, you gotta go to sleep. So instead of stretching that out for an extra 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, sometimes he's up for a freaking hour. Um, It's like, Hey, he'll, he will wear himself out. He will get plenty of sleep. He's got plenty of food. He's going to be fine. But this relationship requires nurturing and I've made a commitment to this woman and I'm going to honor that. So I'm going to let him do his thing. He'll be okay. I'm going to go tend to this garden over here. That's, um, I think a a pretty good example, like those choices there. It's beautifully stated. And, and you, you brought up a few points that I think are worth repeating. Your kid is well-fed, well taken care of. And having a little wild time and, and not everything being in control or perfect is completely okay because he's safe. And to be able to say, okay, I'm going to switch a lot of parents, married, divorced, I think even harder when it's divorced because you want to make sure your kid knows how much you love them and mm-hmm. you're never leaving them. And then sometimes there's this competition of who loves me the most. You know, we can that can definitely be a, an epidemic that happens within a marriage or a broken marriage. But um, that and then also speaking it sounds like you actually say to him we are gonna i am going to have time with i think you said courtney my wife and and i think it's so incredibly important to speak those things how we treat our spouses are is the model for how our kids are going to interact and treat their spouses On, on the nose absolutely um i am a huge believer that not only do you teach people like how to treat you but particularly for our children and as men, um, which random side fact, I was reading some stuff today, like um, children across the board tend to exhibit more of their father's genetic traits than their mother, even though we were supposed to get 50-50, more of the father's traits end up manifesting. Like just kind of a fun little fact, but also kind of speaks to this conversation as men, like we have a profound role in teaching our children how to behave and how to do things and creating an example for future relationships in my particular little bubble. All right. This one has already ended. Like, you know, your mother is your mother, Gus, like, and I will love her as the mother of my children Mm -hmm. forever. I don't share that romantic love with her anymore. That is something I share with Courtney, who is your stepmom. They sometimes call her, you know, mamas and stuff like that. But like, hey, Courtney, this is this is my wife, and this is how you treat people that are important to you. Um, and just like I mentioned earlier, like it's one thing to tell people; it's another thing to show. 
Mm-hmm. And the actions and that old phrase, actions speak louder than words, has always been true and will continue to be true. And cliches are cliches for a reason. But um, showing them this is how you act. And I think even more importantly than my son, for my daughter, like this is how, you know, I don't care if she ends up being gay. I don't, I don't fucking care. Like, and my mom's gay. So, but assuming she's going to end up in a normal heterosexual relationship, this is how men should treat you. And Absolutely. The, the, you know, women tend to, they, you know, they say you marry guys that are like your dad and my Courtney, my current wife, that's very, very true. <laughs> I'm a lot like my father-in-law. So it's kind of a very on the nose um, point there with her, but showing her like, have this level of expectation that you will be treated in a certain way and don't settle for anything less. And I have a personally, I have a profound duty to show her like, this is what a good man looks like. This is how a good man treats his wife. These are things that are not like, Oh, that'd be nice if he was six, three and treated me with respect. Like those are givens. Like he's going to treat you with respect and he's going to show you love day in and day out. That's something that I, I, I don't take lightly, especially yeah. for her. I think it's such an important point is if you have a girl, she literally is going to innately search out or be attracted to men who act the way you treat your family as a father. And, and that is such a good barometer. And I also know I'm a boy dad that the way I treat my wife will be repeated by my sons. And so they know it's her above all any other person on this earth. And, uh, I will serve her. I will fight for her. I will be on her side. And, um, and, and I do that. It's a really great built in accountability tool. Like if I don't do that, right, they're not going to treat their wives. Right. And this is a, mm-hmm. a the you know, legacies overused, but it's a legacy that continues to go on and on. And our only hope is that we can improve the way on the way that we were brought up. And then it, that will continue to work generation after generation, we just keep evolving into a family that is awesome instead of devolving every evolution, right? Every, every generation. So it's so incredibly profound the way you kind of wrap that up and shared that. Let's talk about how you, you mentioned this, but I I really kind of want to drive a point home, how you talk about and relate with your ex-wife around your kids. Um, so her name is Katie. Um, so like at basketball games and stuff, um, she's not from St. Louis and where I'm at in St. Louis, it is, uh, they say Reno is like the biggest little city in the world. St. Louis is, and we got to give them a run for their money. And it is mm-hmm. almost incestuous the way everyone seems to know everyone else. And if I don't know you and I, but I know where you went to high school, I know people that know you. Like mm-hmm. it is a very, very, small town in a, in a city. Um, and it's the only place I've lived all over the country. It's the only place where people, when they meet you, they're like, Oh, where did you go to high school? Like nobody cares where you went to college. They want to know where you went to high school. Um, it's a very interesting place and she's not from here. She's from the other side of the river over in Illinois. Um, but I'm from right here in the heart of, uh, St. Louis. So I know a lot of people whenever we're at a game or something like that. And somebody comes up and they're like, Oh, Brad, I haven't seen you. Like, how are things I'm like, Oh, this is my kid's mother. This is, this is Everly's mom. I don't, I've never in front of my children or in public referred to her as my ex-wife. Hmm. Um, it just, that seems 
despite it being a reality, it seems to have a, not a, necessarily a level of disrespect, but it's, it seems harsh, if that's maybe the right word. Um, whereas this is Everly's mom has kind of a, almost like a velvet glove type of feel to it. It's just, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more gentle, um, and not inaccurate. Like I'm not giving anyone any false pretenses, like we're still together or anything like that. It's just, here's a way to introduce her with a level of respect that she's due. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, maybe they'll, my kids in a perfect world, they'll never notice that that ever happened. But I hope that she sees that and I can't control what she does. But if I set the expectation, like this is how we're going to treat each other in public, I can only hope that that is followed and returned in kind. Yeah, that's really, it's really quite profound. I never even thought about saying, you know, this is my ex or it does. It has a harsh feeling and there, and it is wrapped in negative negativity. I think a lot of people automatically see that as, Oh, you two don't get along or you guys fight or Mm -hmm. there's animosity between you. Whereas when you say this is my kid's mother, that kind of just deletes that, that immediate mind thing that comes in. I, I never even thought of that. And that's, that's incredible advice to men who have, um, who have shared kids with someone that they're no longer with. Whether it's, you know, in or out of marriage, doesn't matter how you treat them, uh, says a lot. So you, you mentioned we're running a little low on time. So I definitely want to kind of talk about the kid aspect because this is the heart wrenching part. I mean, we already we know that men that go through divorce, I mean, they struggle with identity. They struggle with, am I good enough? I mean, I'm sure the emotions are everywhere. Then you throw in that. These, these beings that you created came from your DNA are now at, you're worried that you're not going to be able to see them. And there's a lot, there's a lot of movement for men to have equal rights. And, you know, we, we could really go down that road, but you lost some time with your kids. Walk us through that. And then maybe give us some, some advice for fathers who might eventually go through this or going through this now where they can really be an advocate for themselves so that the, the, the duties remain shared because I think when you split, it hurts the kids more than anything. So the whole goal is to allow both parents to have, uh, you know, as much access as, as appropriate. And the, uh, the nature of family courts, it's, it's adversarial on its face. Um, it, and it's extremely unfortunate and you're, you're absolutely right. The push for like 50, 50 being the starting point is definitely more there across the country than it is not from what I've encountered in some of my others groups. And I'm in one, like the father's rights movement. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, some of the horror stories I've read, like, and again, like my situation was less than ideal and full of its own set of pain points, but um, it certainly could have been a lot worse, but you're, you're right. I lost some time with my kids. Um, when everything finally imploded, I actually, um, she filed a restraining order against me. Um, and it was two days before my daughter's fifth birthday. Couldn't get a hold of her. Um, that she turned out she was at the courthouse filling out all that paperwork. Um, and this actually came up. Um, we were just on vacation in Mexico and we we're with another newlywed couple. And, um, you know, there are a couple that, I don't know as well as some of Courtney's other friends. So they had some questions and 
I'm an open book at this point. It's all stuff that has happened to me. It doesn't define who I am anymore. It's just this, this happened. Um, and so I was talking about it. Um, I went and picked up Everly from school cause I couldn't get a hold of her and I brought her back up to the gym and the cops showed up and they actually took Everly from me there. And it was, she was, she was crying. It was sad. It was, you know, it was horrible. And there was a, a solid two weeks before I got to see her talk to them again. Um, so for those of you that are living through something like that, please let me be a, a beacon of light for you. Like it can get better. Like don't give up, don't stop, don't bail like this. It can get better. Um, but going through that process of getting them back and getting time, um, it was almost as if the court was like, all right, now you got to prove like you're a capable father. I was like on Wednesday, you had nothing to say to me about how I raised my kids. And now on Friday, like you want me to prove to you that I still know how to do this. It was, it was wild. Um, and honestly a situation I never thought I'd be in, but, um, I was fortunate that I had a, a lawyer that I could speak pretty freely with. And, um, she allowed, she helped me like say things the right way. But, um, I dug my heels in hard. Um, as soon as there was any time there, you know, the courts, nothing moves fast with government. So they're like, all right, we'll start and we'll do this for a month. And I'm like, Unac- that's unacceptable. Like, we won't, I won't get them for a couple hours a week for the next month. I was like, that's absolutely ludicrous. I was like, I will, I, I want them half the time. And while I didn't get my request on the first time asking, I got more than they were offering. Um, so it was almost like a standard negotiation. They start low. Right. I come in high, we meet in the middle. Um, but I was adamant that I get my kids more. And I think particularly for fathers that speaks volumes when it's done in that particular, uh, arena, because they tend to favor moms. They just tend to be more, they're motherly. Like that's what moms are. Um, and so they're like, all right, well, we'll let dad kind of have a little bit of time and moms will be moms and raise kids. And like, no, I, I want to raise my kids. I want to be the one who does that. And I really, I was very headstrong about that point and I didn't, didn't cave. Um, and that was a, when I, when we talk about fighting through something, that was the big fight. That yeah. was the big fight. Yeah. Yeah. I know that all of this, these experiences, uh, were extremely painful and I'm sure they were frustrating and defeating it sometimes, but I love hearing from you on the other end. I think that's really the whole thing here is men seeing what happens on the other end and the conversation you and I had a couple of weeks ago. Um, I, you know, I was kind of prying, trying to figure out where your head was at. And I told you this, I'm like, mm-hmm. where, where is your head at? And, and, uh, it was clear to me that the Brad stone, I, I know had made massive, massive internal and, uh, growth, personal growth. And, and I think, a great message is, is men, if you're going through something like this, use this as a catalyst, use it as an opportunity to grow, plug into something like Jocko or, you know, or, and groups, get on groups, um, that support you. There's so much power in there. I know Brad's really leveraged groups. Uh, he does a really good job of posting his ridiculously heavy squats in the group, in our group, which is awesome. Dude's a freaking beast. You're, 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 you're obviously working out a lot. You own a gym. Um, so I just want to give encouragement. I 
Brad, you're, you're kind of like a beacon or like, Hey, follow my lead here. These are where I messed up. Let's, let's see if we can correct this. And I, I really appreciate that brother. I'm, I'm happy to do it. I, the most important thing that I am a, like I said it earlier, like lessons learned in blood are not soon forgotten. But if you're out there and you're listening to this and it sounds like, all right, you know, in baseball, we always used to say like at the post game meetings, like if you think the coach is talking about you, he probably is. So like, if you, if you think this relates to you, like don't repeat my mistakes, learn from them. I've already made them. I've already paid the price. Like you don't have to. So learn from what I learned, what I learned and take my lessons and build upon, you know, some hard learned lessons here and say, all right, what can I apply to my situation? If it helps you, that's the absolute best thing that I can hope to offer someone is, you know, a little bit of encouragement or some insight and maybe some direction, but please learn from my mistakes and do it differently than I did. And hopefully your situation will, will work out. And if it doesn't, well, look at me again. And I went from, you know, 2018, my gym was failing. I was, you know, all right, I got to pay this employee, but I'm going to have to lie to the, you know, uh, my uh, landlord and be like, oh, I thought the check was in the mail. Like, let me check and see because I got to wait until somebody else's charge runs. I mean, it was, I was real close to being like, all right, I F this up too. But mm. I, I fought through it all and just grind, grind, grind. It is uh, not always fun. It's not always glamorous, but um, if you do the work, I am confident that things will work out for you. Yeah. I had a, I love that message. I had a friend yesterday. He's like, you know, us Americans or North Americans are just really bad at suffering. We think that, you know, our internet's down and it's suffering or, you know, we go through a divorce and that's suffering. And the truth is, is we have it very, very good. So the more you can use suffering to grow and learn the better. And you've been an amazing example of this, Brad. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. Why don't you give a quick shout out for anybody who might be in your area for your gym? Because I think that would be cool. Yeah. If you're in the St. Louis area or even, uh, you know, the Columbia, the Western part of Illinois, uh, my gym is stone strength systems. It's a small personal and group training facility. I like to say we're the Bruce Lee of fitness. If it, uh, if it works, we'll use it. If it doesn't, then we won't, but, uh, there's elements of powerlifting, CrossFit, physical therapy and any modality that has some applicability and will help us get our clients where they want to go. We'll use it. Um, it's a great place. We go from youth athletes to, I've got a couple of big leaguers that show their face here in the winter time, uh, all the way to my favorite consultation I've ever had with a new client was a grandma that came in and said her granddaughter got engaged and she wants to be able to dance at her wedding and not hurt. And we treat, Anybody from any walk of life, everybody's welcome here. If you want to work, we want to work with you. That's amazing. That's amazing. I, yeah, I'd come. <laughs> if I lived close, I'd be there, brother. Um, I've, I've watched it over the years, and I've liked your model from the beginning. Uh, thanks again. If you didn't catch that, we're going to put all that stuff in the show notes. Don't you worry. Just check it out. Um, or, and if you're listening to this on, uh, YouTube, make sure you subscribe. If you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify or any other thing, go do a rating, give us a rating, give us a review. And, um, again, thank you, Brad and everybody have an amazing day. 
Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, The Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from The Brotherhood of Fatherhood.